hey. Welcome to Both Sides. I'm DJ. And I'm Honey. This is Both Sides with DJ and Honey, everybody. We are back again. Another week of us. Another week of energy. Another week of positivity. Another week of Both Sides with DJ and Honey. Um... <laughs> We are here, everybody. We got an action-packed show, but first and foremost, just always want to thank you guys for listening. Thank you support. for everybody who participated in the overhaul weekend. It was great. Um, we had a new logo, thanks to Anything Media. Bunch of likes, bunch of reposts. Shout out to Nicole. Shout out to... AK Nikki. Nikki. Shout out to Nikki. Shout out to Jackie. Shout out to Christina. Shout out to Real um, Gully Princess. Shout out to everybody with all the comments, the feedback. Shout out to Mr. Richards. Shout out to everybody. He's always supporting the show. Thank you for all the likes, the reposts, and the sharing of the of the of what we're trying to do here. So it's both sides with DJ and Honey. Mm-hmm, um, as always. Last weekend was real mild. It's yeah. cold out. It's not the a lot to do. Coming yeah. upon us. You know, everything we had the birthdays. Yeah, they passed. Yeah. So then we went right into the holiday season. Uh, we got cut up on some YouTube stuff. Um bunch of stuff pops up on YouTube from here and there and a lot of um, what what popped up the most this weekend was um, Meek Mill interview um, on CNN yes with um, the gentleman Michael and and it was um, he stood up for what he was representing as in um, prison reform he was asked questions and he was very honest bringing up real life situations putting Michael in um, his shoes and if his name's not Michael excuse me but I believe it is Michael um, I can't pronounce his last name, so I won't, you know, chop that up. Um, if he, one thing he said is if you grew up where I grew up and you saw somebody die seven days a week, seven to eight deaths, six to seven, eight deaths a week, would you carry around a gun in the streets? Michael answered yes. So then, boom, there was that. And then he also brought up the fact that Meek Mills was pointing a, a gun at a cop. A SWAT. I think he's at a, a strike at a, a strike force. Strike force. Yes. And yeah. everybody knows strike force don't play. So. Yeah, they they running in houses, yeah. boom, kicking in doors. So um, he allegedly pointed a gun at the at the strike force, and he, he brought up the point like, when has there ever been a black man who pointed a gun at a bunch of officers and made it out alive? I mean, we point liquor bottles, cigarettes, and stuff, and we still get beat up and shot by cops. So, but what in what instance in America? There's no instance, like he said, it's a suicide. You yeah, are committing your it's own suicide. suicide. No black man in America is raising a gun to a cop and making it out alive. Let's be real. So that yeah. was a great interview. I just felt like the Michael, the anger man, or whoever it was, he was in some way justifying certain things because even in the personal stance, sometimes you have to take yourself out the box of the you situation, do. and you can't present the past to to secure the future nope. because things change. And no matter which way anybody falls when it comes to the black community, especially the men in particular, there's always, oh, well, he had this record. He, but there is a change where they do good. So let's talk about the good in this. And he's bringing out the good and of something. And let's be real. Meek Mill, you know, violated probation for popping a, a willy. A willy, which is dumb. Which, like he made in his interview, a point he's been doing this across America for 10 years. If you guys know Meek Mill, the rapper, he is famous for the four-wheel and popping wheelie so you know that was something that was real interesting to us uh, something else that stood out to us that was really really disgusting which disturbing. Has, in some ways con- it has a way of connecting somehow some way with the way you know minorities and blacks and, and Latinos and Latinas are treated in um, America young lady by the name of Jasmine Headley was um, 
abused in my in my eye by the NYPD when she chose to sit on the floor with her one year old son. Because there was um, no seats. Because there was no seats available in um, the Brooklyn food stamp office in New York City. Um, she sat hell. down. Born Hill, we gotta say which one because there's a lot of them in Brooklyn. You know Brooklyn better than I well, do. Well, I was in Born Hill and Bergen. And, you know, everybody knows every city place has their ups and downs and they treat people like animals, especially when you're going for any type of assistance from the city. It's ridiculous. And and there's no justification for what they did to see them pull she sat a on one the, year yeah. old. So she from, sat on the floor and, she, and, and they yanked her. Yanked. Yanked, yanked the yanked son yanked. from her arm. Yeah, yank. And I'm talking about, ah, ah, like, like right. a tug of war type of, you know, thing with the child. So the video, we posted it on Instagram this week. Um, it's just so it disgusting. was disgusting. I mean, I, I posted it because I want you guys to see, but I hate watching it. Um, she spent five days in Rikers for that. Um, she was released Tuesday. Yep, Tuesday. I hope she um, and I hope she does get her due. Yeah. You know, so we're praying for Jasmine Headley and her family and what they've been through and had to, you know, who might want to see a one-year-old go through that. But in, in a, on a good note, to, to, you know, bring everything to a whole, we have an action-packed show for you guys. This week is big. We have Andrea Rachel in the building. Those of you guys don't know who she is, she's played in shows like Power and The Deuce. She'll be on um, with us next. Um, blessing her with some, blessing us with some, you know, inspiring things and her experience in the business. And we also have a special Mr. and Mrs. Jason and Nadine Ricketts. Yep, for Ooh, couples, therapy. couples therapy. They'll be joining the show. They're going to talk about um, newly being newlyweds with a newly born uh, and, 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 you know, the ins and outs and in betweens of and how that they struggle, not even struggle, how the work day is and how they, you know, matriculate the way that their schedule is. It's really interesting. Yes. Overall, it's a compact show and it's going to be it's great be nice. listening to. We want to hear feedback and all the good stuff. That Both you underscore size DJRS, guys. So we are going to go and take a quick commercial break. This is Both Sides with DJ and Honey. We will be right back with Andrea Rachel, people. Hey, you guys. Thanks for tuning to our podcast, Both Sides with DJ and Honey. We would love to hear from you guys. So whether you're an entrepreneur, music lover, or sports fanatic, you can hit us up, either follow us or DM us on Instagram at both underscore sides, DJRS. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Both Sides, ladies and gentlemen, with DJ and Honey. We have a special guest here with us today, Miss Andrea Rochelle. Hey. Welcome, Miss <laughs> Andrea. Now, those of you guys, you may know her, seen her in power, the deuce, ugly. 72 <laughs> hours of oh Brooklyn gosh. love story. That was my indie project. Look, wow. I, I'm all there. I, I'm, I'm all about the... But today she's just Andrea Rochelle. How you doing yeah. today? I'm good, thank you. Sipping thank you coffee. for joining us. Thanks um, for having me. I gotta ask a quick question now. Mm-mm. Are you starting to like they, they starting to love you again? Cause I know there was a time a last oh, year of the power, year. Yeah. yeah, they they hated you for a second. They um, was mad. I don't think people really hated me. I think mm. it was just something that they had fun with. Um, the love was always there. That's why people wanted to say something. Um, I think people are confused. They want to know what's going to happen, what is happening. So they're anticipating something, and that's what people are saying now. They're like, yo, 
Yo, what's up? Only one? One episode? What, what, what they doing? What they doing? Nah, nah, they playing. They playing. So I get that a lot. And so it's just like, I, okay. I just, just knowing love. you, just knowing you, I just always wonder like, yo, does she, does she go outside? Is people still mad at her now? Oh, like, knowing like, me, like, I don't care if people are mad. I think if somebody, if someone's upset about you and a role that you played, and they're upset with you still, like off camera. You did a good job. Like that's, I, great. I, that's what exactly. I think. Yeah, they support. I'm actors. happy people even care about my work that I'm doing now. Like, like, like ooh. growing <laughs> up for me, it was um, what's the lady from Thin Line Between Love and Hate, Lynn Winfield. Lynn Winfield. Yeah. I hate her. I, I hate her. Growing up, because it was like, she was, like, she was so nose is a bird. I was mad at her. <laughs> well, like Lynn, baby, I love you, Mama. Okay. <laughs> off camera, I should say, because of her character that she's played, but. No, so that well, was only she cool. can be her like that. That's yeah. right. Exactly. That's right. Because sometimes the the sentences they give her to say to her children in these movies or her lovers, I, it's like only she could have pulled it off like that. Even <laughs> this one got me watching Greenleaf, and then when oh, she's, she's yeah, and then I'm like, oh my oh, god, she just she never crazy. disappoints. And um, I need to get into that. I've, I've tried, and then I've got. I've tracks. watched bits and pieces. I don't know like the full story, so I always catch it when it when she's doing her thing and right. being her wicked self. So um, she's one person that's always gonna make you want to tune in. You like, she oh, does. she's in it. I I, I gotta watch she's it. She's really good. Right. She's really she good. She delivers okay. very well. So that's that. Now the deuce. Yes. How was that walking outside? Like, is is, is Bernice? Someone that, that ginger. ginger, we're gonna call her okay. ginger. Ooh. Sorry, that's right. You really, <laughs> all right. We were, I was like, I didn't even call her ginger. No, no, I was just, I just remember, that's I remember crazy. ginger. Ginger, is ginger anybody, was a hot mess. She was, I felt bad for her. Oh my she, god, she reminded me of one of my southern cousins come up to New York and just don't know nothing about nothing. That's like, what they wanted, so yeah, I gave no. them what they wanted. That um, no, they really trusted me with 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 Bernice. Um, they know I have a lot of family from down south. Putting on my down south accent is just like something I slip into so easily. And um, they trusted me. They asked me, like, when I said I'm not finna get back on that bus, that was something that I did just <laughs> off of a whim. And they were like, What did you say? And I was like, I'm not finna to, I'm not finna <laughs> And it was like, We like that. And I was very, I was very shy when they like asked me about it. And I was just like, I'm not. She's like, huh, huh? I was like, I'm not Finn to get back on that bus. And they were like, why, why, Finn? Why, why would you say that? And I was just like, well, that's how they, that's what they would say. Down south. If, they, if they was down south, if she's from down south, because, you know, like, it's like, I'm not about to, I'm not fitting to, I'm not, I'm not going to. And they were like, Oh, keep that, keep that. Okay, so look, 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 rewrite. And then they just was like, and I think from that moment, they were like, okay, she knows what she's doing. Um, She's being very authentic and true to the character. And they just trusted me with a lot. So I, I loved my time in my set, on, on set with for the That looked like a cool set. It was, I mean, the, the friendships, the um, the connections, the experience itself, it was just otherworldly. And um, as far as the fans are concerned, it's kind of the same energy. Like, people get really, like, I mean, obviously, they're not upset. A lot of them come a little bit worried. They're like, oh, Ginger, baby, Bernice, baby, are you okay? Or they'll, like, try to place my face, and they'll be like, I know I know you. I know I know you. Oh, wait a minute. You're on the deuce. And then I always go, oh, no, I think it confuses me with Dom. Dom's character. Because she's the yeah, she's, prominent one, mm -hmm. and people confuse us all the time. And they go, no. You're Bernice, and they always say, baby, 
Your Bernice, <laughs> baby. Because I feel like she brings this like southern welcoming charm she to does. people, and it just makes them want to be a little bit more affectionate and endearing. So I have people when they come up to me about Bernice, they're very, very worried or affectionate. Like, like I just want to give you a hug, or I just want to, or they just like <laughs> the body language is so like vulnerable and open, like. <gasps> Bernie, you girl, you okay? They won't bring you, put you yeah. back right now, bring you back down south to work like, in that restaurant. I'm from here, guys. I'm good. I've been, I've, I'm grown. That's good. So you, but you, yeah. you getting the roles, you getting all of this and that. How, how are you feeling in your career like right now? Like, are you where you want to be? Are you, are you? Is there like, is there a role you like? All right, I gotta go get this role, and then this is gonna make me good. Like, what is that? Like, how's that going? Um, before these two shows, I've always been the type of person where I'm just like, when, okay, I have, it could be a good thing or a bad thing, but I'm super obsessed with work. Like, whatever I have my mind set on in that moment, I'm super, like, gun-ho focused. You cannot get me out of that zone. And it's a bad because it means I completely isolate myself and just forget about everything else. And then it's also a good thing because it means that it brings me a sense of ease. So I always kind of feel like, I'm working this hard, something's gonna come of it. Something has to come of it. Something that I'm putting into the atmosphere is going to come back to me. And so it kind of gave me um, a sense of ease. Like, I don't know when it's gonna be okay. I don't know when I'm going to accomplish this. I don't know how it's going to happen, but it will, and I'm, I'm gonna be good. And so I just keep working. And that's kind of how I feel Power and HBO's Deuce came along because I was very, I was in a very meditative state when um, the Deuce came about. Um, a lot of good things had happened and I just wanted to keep that positive energy and so I just started meditating, I started saying my affirmations, I started like watching everything that I could watch and, and going to any play or show that I can go to. I just stayed like submerged in that world and, and I was going to these acting improv groups and I was with my acting friends that I was like growing up with and I was in these monologue competitions, I was just doing everything that I could within the acting space. and. Um, I think when I, right right before I got the deuce, I got a Mylan commercial, and the Mylan commercial ended up being a little bit controversial. And um, before that, I had a few deaths that were very like hard on me, and so I kind of felt like my angels were kind of providing the Mylan commercial as a way to say you are on the right path. Because I kind of got a little bit lost, mm -hmm. and I was just like, what am I doing? I, I lost my brother. And I lost my brother it just took me out and I didn't even realize until afterwards that I was in a very depressive state it's not until you get out of that state that you realize oh shoot like I was gone I was somewhere else and so like being more grateful for the Mylan commercial made me just say okay I want to keep this peace of mind I want to keep this ease I want to just stay in this positive so that made me just go full like force with seeking out auditions with um, staying in, in the pool of things going on and now, after I've done those two shows, I mean, there's so much more that I want to do, and I feel like these two shows have gotten me in a lot, gotten me into a lot of doors. And I'm still that person that's very confident and at ease, but at the same time, I just went through a very heartbreaking rejection when it comes to acting. Excuse me. So like, I realize that I'm still. I'm not all the way there yet. I like to think of myself as a very balanced indiv individual, very good at detaching and letting go. But after I became so attached to this role, I was devastated afterwards. And um, 
I say that to say that I'm still working on becoming at peace and okay with things just not going my way. Before Power in the Deuce, I don't know what it was. I just used to get everything. Like, if I went into audition room, I would book it. It didn't matter what it was. If it was an indie film or whatever, I would get it. So, part of me thinks that this phase of my life is just humble pie. <laughs> and the other part is just knowing that I'm new. And so, Power was such a big platform. That and the big. Deuce it has such, like, heavyweights to associate yeah, with it. Totally that, like, I'm in these worlds, but it's like, I'm still the baby. I'm still new. And it's not like I was a series regular or it's not like I was um, a leading lady or anything in these two um, shows so with that comes an understanding that my time is still going to come and this is just giving people a chance to, to see me in two different lights because they're so different from one another and um, that's given me like a lot of positive energy but there's so much I want to do and with this one that I lost it just felt like it was for me and I knew it was for me and I knew they wanted me but you know with politics they sometimes go with people that they've already seen in no, roles yeah. like that or who they feel has a little bit more experience underneath their belt. Like they might think you're the best fit for the role, but then they have the network that might doubt them and they have other things that are like pulling at them or in the back of their head or in their ear to make them go, wait, maybe we should double check this or maybe we should overthink this or maybe we should look into that. And a lot of times that's what ends up happening. I get offered something and at the last minute they'll be like, uh, hold so, on. So how do you, so when you get the rejection or if you ever have, how, what do you tell yourself the next time it's time to go in for a role? What, what gets you up and pushes you well, to no, go and try Normally you just it. don't attach yourself to it. So right. it's a part of a process. And when you're on this like cycle that keeps going up and down, up and down, up and down, you kind of become used to it. And so when I go to audition, you know, I put myself as deeply as I can into that character for that moment. And then the moment I step outside of the door, I just try to like forget about it. And that's really all you can do. You just forget about it because you want to be in a situation where you're open to something else coming to you. You want to be in a situation where you're able to, to even put yourself in another character's shoes for another audition. If you stay connected to this, you can't easily go into another character for another audition. So I'm in the habit of just letting it go. With this, it's kind of like, it was mine. It felt like, I mean, it was mine. It was right there. And they asked for the ability, and we started talking this and that. And it just was something where it was more about politics. Like, this person has done this before. This person has a little bit more experience being a, a regular. So we feel like they can probably handle a lead. And then also, this person has a fan base that is finding them endearing. You're going to get a bigger role. I can see so, that. that, that it's not that a bigger role. No, no, I'm not more about... I guess not. So, wait, so then that leads to this question. This is a two part question. One is how do you choose your roles? And two, if you're choosing a role, is it like a particular role that you're like gunning for? Is it's like this is like your goal? Like, this is the type of like whip the what okay, so it, it happens differently. Okay, okay, so every production, every cast director, every casting agency, every everybody just does things differently, and everyone's going to act even outside of how they would normally act depending on what actor you know they're gunning for that they want for that part and so there have been times where I'm like well where my management comes and says hey read this script it was sent to us let us know what you think and I'm like eh. and they're like okay and then that's that and there are other times where I'm like to them oh I heard about X Y and Z that's gonna happen let's see if we can get me a script and they might say, we tried, we can't. And it's like, can I say? No, but I'll break it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And then there are other times where like, 
I might say, hey, I heard about this. Can I? Can we? Can we? Can we see if I can get into the audition room? And then like, oh, okay, great. And then they're like, here's the script. Here's the sides. This is your date. Also do this, that, and the third. And the other, the the casting agency or director, they're super excited to the fact that I'm even interested. And then there's something that can happen that's similar to what happened recently, which is I went in for one role. And they said, we want you a part of the project, but we think you'd be better for this role. And they tell you that in advance so they, that, that you know going forward, um, you can make a decision like, how do you feel about this role? How do you feel about this character? How do you feel about the project itself? And in that case, when I first auditioned for one role, they were like, here's the sides. And then when I went to go do another, they were like, here's the entire script. Then there's some somewhere I get the whole entire script in advance just to audition. And if I don't like it, Depending on who the casting agents are, who the directors, the writers, and everything, I might still audition just so that they can see my face, they can know me, they can see me in another light. Or I might just say, hey, I think we should let them know I'm unavailable to audition at this time for it. So, I mean, it all varies. I'm nowhere close to being, like, offered a Will Smith script or something. You know what I mean? Like, he's not coming to me directly like, yo, <laughs> AP, I need you to read this right here. You know, like... You sound just like <laughs> So, when I get to that level, that's when I'm going to be like... <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. My last acting question. So, you, you, you've you been this actress. We all know that you're miniature. Your height. I'm sorry. She just called me miniature. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was kind of I was like, she's really short. Like, I didn't know. Wow. No, but short is great. Really I just didn't think, because I think in power you look taller, but then in deuce, you look short. So I'm like, what's going My on? Well, okay. So, just to answer that, because a lot of, like, people are just always a surprise when they see me. Even if it's not about my height, they're surprised that I'm skinnier or slimmer or I'm petite. They're surprised at my face. Like, the deuce has a look. Yeah, it does. They tell you straight up. We don't want no pretty people. The prettiness that they do have, those actors, they have. A, you have a tear chart of how you get paid. You have a tear chart of what you will and won't do. You have a tear chart of how you will and won't look. You have a tear chart of like a whole, when I say tear, I mean you have different actors on different levels who can require or accept or deny or pass or um, persuade, convince, um, debate. But I'm looking for the word um, negotiate, negotiate what it is that they're willing to do and look and, and be in. You have some people who say, you know, like, I don't want to be seen in this light, or I will only, you know, look like this to this end, or, you know, I would only feel comfortable being nude, but I can't be in this type of position, or I can't have this, or, you know, there are a lot of things that come with it. Me being so new, I don't have as lot, uh, as much um, freeway or leeway, and with me being someone who's really about a story, like, I love a story, I love a character, like, I really, really do. I'm always like, I'm gonna jump in, I'm gonna dive in. And Bernice is supposed to be a country bumpkin. She's thick, she has a thick accent, she's very warm, she's very like, you know, like that's how she's supposed to be. And they literally sit me down or they sat me down every single time and go, yeah, last time the production said you were too pretty. Like, we have to, like, you know, like, and they'll put the dark <laughs> makeup, yes. they'll put the eye thing. I'm they'll pretty do. you. <laughs> and it's not that they... I don't want to shoot. We might have to. I don't want to make it sound like you know they're trying to do something. That's no, not no, real. Yes, but, but they want to represent a real train, person. Yeah. You know, like they want you to be a real person. They don't want you to be about a glitz and glam because they want to show the, the story of Hello. it. It's not just the seventies because you did have people who cared about that. It was just like they wanted to show the real of it. Like yeah, they were in makeup. Yeah, they're doing this. They're doing that. But there's still a whole. 
like entity and mindset behind it even with Bernice she's putting on that hideous wig because she's trying to be older looking she's putting on that wig because it's the closest wig that looks like um, Don Fishback's character Darlene yeah. and she's emulating her because she wants to do what she does she's so that she can mm-hmm. try to fit in you know like she gets pimped out to Rodney she wants to look appealing so they put on an oversized heavy leather. They put on like bell bottoms. Like I'm already short and now I'm thick. And you put on bell bottoms and a heavy leather. Like all those, they put on layer after layer. You know, like, <laughs> so you have a whole world that they're like adding you and incorporating you into. So I'm going to look different. The only I'm, reason I bought up height was because I feel like it gives you a range of where you can go. Cause, I mean, cause the whole because of short. Yeah, it helps. Yeah, but you've played grown people roles. You've played little kid, well, not little kid, but teenage. teenage you know what I'm saying? I feel like it gives you a range. In a, yeah, it in a does way, for everyone like, who's short and acting. But, no, but everyone in in. But you look like a grown woman in the deuce. Don't get me wrong, I'm grown, but you look mature. No, I look like your character. A, I look like a girl who's young, who's trying to be older, and every once in a while you catch a facial expression that reminds you, oh, she's a kid still. But for the most part, you see her and you're like, oh, this isn't. Oh, all right, Bernice. Like you, okay, you you an adult now, and that's how they wanted it. Mm-hmm. With the power, I'm supposed to be young, and I'm yeah. supposed to be trying to be older because she's around like the Canaan crew or mm-hmm. whatever. But it's more, it's in a less dramatic way, and it's more of a hood way. Like when you put on the extra lip gloss and you try to overdo your eyebrows and you got your hair all extra curly. It's like in a, a urban kind of like you wearing the flyest sneakers, but you still want to wear tight jeans. You know what I'm saying? Because you're trying. So like that's what it's like. I like the range. I like the characters that you play. Even when I saw you in Law and Order, I was like, look, that's my girl. That's my girl. <laughs> I forgot about I didn't Damn. forget. I've been following. Just oh, go into Lord. the fun stuff. Enough with the robotic questions about yes. your career. Yes, and good luck stuff. to it, um, of you. course. So, what's it's Christmas time. What does Andrea get into for Christmas? Is, is, are, you a, are you in the city? Are you visiting family? How does now? that go? You go in Rockefeller Center, watch the Christmas tree lights. What is a New York City I'm Christmas for you? I'm someone who kind of just, I see who I miss, and then I figure out what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And then if they're doing something that's around where I'm going to be at, I just hang out with them. <laughs> How's the shopping thing going? Anybody in please shop for that just... Myself. That's it. <laughs> no, I'm not a Christmas person, so my mom is a Jehovah Witness. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. And my father's Rastafarian, and so I just. I got Rasta really in my family too. They don't the, play. Mm, my dad's cool, but I'm say, just not into too. the the consumerism <sighs> right. type of, you know. So I don't. When I shop, I shop. I'm a shopper. I can't help it. I'm somebody who shops, and I just don't even wear half of the things that I buy. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate because I have a really nice closet, but I'm I'm a dancer. You know, so I'm used to today. Yeah, so I'm I used was. to wearing my tights and my sweats and my sneakers and my hoodie and I'm just being out. So when I'm rushing and I normally have like a lot of things to do, I just throw that on and I go and I don't really get dressed up unless like I have an event or podcast or you know, like something to actually do that I feel like would warrant, you know, more people watching or it's gonna be like a lasting effect and you know, so I say that to say like I do shop but I shop way less around the holidays, surprisingly. How, how much dancing is still going into your career? How much choreography are you doing? I, I've seen your work. I have. And I thought it was crazy. It was dope. You did something for one of my friends. 
back in the day for Hot 97. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes, and oh, I yeah. thought that, that. that was yeah. very, very nice. We were watching a video it. the other day, actually. Yeah. Yeah, when, um... People really do, they, they, I, okay, you're right. Um, I was going to say, how did you see my stuff? But I, I forgot. Was actually I, did, at, I was at I the event. I did a few little bit of stuff. I did I a little stuff. I was at the event. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I did, like, I, I did choreography for dancers that performed at Madison Square Garden. I performed at Madison Square Garden. I did Jennifer Hudson. I did do a few things. Sometimes I do forget. Um, no, dancing has not been going on lately because acting has really um, picked up mm -hmm. in the sense of I'm always on the go with either like an audition or a test or you know a shoot or something I'm definitely going to get back into choreography maybe not dancing myself but I miss creating uh, a piece of movement and even with you saying the high 97 I'm remembering the tutus the and the two, little thing yeah, on the I face and they were that. like oh. I was like oh they was killing we right was like that makes me be like oh wait that was kind of dope like the whole video it, itself was the dope the video too. is dope I'm like I damn might, like I, I might miss Brianna like she really could it. dance like I like working with her and Kevin like so I'm here now like damn maybe I really should but no I love my choreography and so I dance I do yoga mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm if the opportunity comes and um I've had a lot of dance auditions mm -hmm. Um, again, I think that comes with, you know, just having bigger names. Like, I lose a lot of roles to people with bigger names. Like, I had a role be offered to me and then taken away and given back to to someone else who did a role that was very similar already. already. And she's huge. Like, if I say the name, you'd be like, oh. And then, like, <laughs> if I, ha I had another one, and if I said that name, you'd be like, oh, girl, you was going to lose that one. <laughs> but, you know, you never know who you're going up against. And um, it just, it, it's a compliment to me because me being in the same, like, position with some of these other people like oh okay like I've really I've come a long way and with me doing my dance auditions it always makes me want to go back to it so I'm going to definitely go back to it I know I am I just I'm not sure when but it's going to be in a choreography room. Yeah. Um, just one thing, because you just say something that, you know, you felt felt about the rejection part. What would you say, because a lot of people love to act, a lot of people love to pursue exactly the same thing. What would you say to someone who has that opportunity to pursue exactly what you're doing, but then is that part where you get the rejection? How would you, how would you tell them how to? Oh, I'm really good with rejection. I've been like that my whole life. I don't know why or how. I don't know who I get. It's gotten me into a lot of issues. Um, my mama don't like me half of the time because of it. It makes me very bold and confident. Sometimes I say things that I shouldn't say because I'm not really scared of nobody not mm -hmm. liking me or not wanting mm -hmm. me or accepting me. You know, it's made me hated on many of campuses. So, um, I think that's called tough skin. I have very, very tough skin. Very, very hard to ruffle my feathers. Nine times out of ten, if I ruffle your feathers, it's only because you tried to ruffle mine. Mm -hmm. Even though my feathers are not going to move, it's just like, hmm, you tried me. You tried. So, with that being said, I got into acting without the fear of rejection because I knew that I, I wanted to do it and I really needed to do it. Like, it's not many other things that give me that much excitement or like as much joy as like I get from creating my own dance piece and getting a script. Those two things together, I'm like a pig in mud. Like I'm rolling around <laughs> in it. Like I can have the worst day ever. If I get a script sent to my phone right now, I'm like, guys, I gotta go, I gotta go home, I gotta go read my script. Like that's that's me. And I couldn't really see myself doing anything else. I went to school for medicine and then I transferred to, into communication just because the chemistry department and the teacher and the person, it was just a mess, excuse me, it was just the best. And 
when I transferred into communications, eventually I decided to stay here in New York instead of going back and completing my degree at Lincoln, and instead I did it with um, St. Francis College, and I did that because I realized that, what, well, when I got back to New York, I started doing acting stuff, and it started to pick up, and it started to be like way better than people were telling me. They were saying, oh, don't do that, don't pursue this, this is stupid, this is not gonna work. You know, my mother practically had a hissy fit because she's like, be a doctor, be a doctor. And I was like, I don't know if I wanna put on a lab coat. And that was the truth. I realized I didn't wanna put on a lab coat every single day. I didn't wanna go do lab testing. I didn't wanna take blood. I cared about your child being sick, but on a Wednesday, I might not wanna cure him. Like, it was just different for me. And I had to do something, and I started to feel like I, I spent my whole life doing things that other people wanted me to do, and I wanted to just do something that was for me. And so when I came back home, I did it just to do it, just to like just to see, just to like have that that sense of satisfaction. I had started like messing around with it while I was on campus, and things went really good. We did it in the life of tone. I did um, a few off-campus projects. I also used to just travel in and out of Philadelphia to with Colleen's car to get to my auditions, and it just put a little pep in my step, and it made me what could happen here so when I did it and I saw that you know like I had a, a knack for it and that like things were kind of falling into place I was just like why would I stop now and then when I tried to stop I realized I woke up thinking about it I went to sleep thinking about it like I, I was only happy when I had a script I always wanted to talk about a script I always wanted to analyze a character like I can literally make up movies in my head like I'm take a small song or a piece of a song and now I got a whole video to it in my head like I'm that person I imagine things I'm animated I'm very like the I'm in it but I'm like Doing magic. a whole lot of like stuff in my head all the time. And that made me say like, I need to do it. I have to do it. When I wasn't doing it, I felt sick. I was just like, what am I doing with my life? This life is stupid. Like, I don't care about anything else. And that's the truth. So I would tell someone else like, rejection is not going to matter if you really want to do it. I mean, it matters to some people for a certain amount of time, but eventually you're going to get to a point or a space where you're going to be like, what the hell am I afraid of? There's always going to be something to be afraid of, whether it's a, a passion, whether it's a career, a regular career choice, whether it's going from A to B for the first time and you're not really sure on how to get there, whether it be like to a friend's house or to a, a new doctor, you know, any new experience is going to make you feel some type of anxiety or some type of fear, some type of, you still have to do it because otherwise you're not really living, you're just existing. And the truth is, life is about new experiences, and you're not going to get a new experience, and you're not going to learn anything if you're not just doing. And so I say, screw it, like, just do it anyway. Like, they're going to reject you, you know that. You know that. If you know it, prepare for it mentally, get over it, and then go do the next one, and then the next one. Because the truth is, they don't want you now, they're going to want you later. The truth is, if you suck at it now, you'll be better later. The only way to get better is to do it. And so I would tell them, like, that's not an excuse. That's not a legitimate reason not to. When I got defeated about this one role, when I was attached to the idea of the role, it was less about the rejection and more about, like, what I almost got into before, like, we changed routes or whatever. It was, like, I was in love with the story. I was in love with the character. And the other actors that were, like, set to be a part of it, I was like, oh my God, I really wanted to work with them. Oh, he's so good, he's so good. Like, it's who I am. So it was less like, oh, they don't want you. And it was more so like, 
damn it, now I had this plan, that plan, and I was going to say this when I saw him, and I was going to do that when I, you know, like, I was ready to go. It's like, my home is messed up. And it was also another part of me that felt like it was supposed to be mine, but someone else second-guessing themselves. Mm -hmm. And this sounds very, just sounds very cocky, but sometimes I feel like had I been a part of something, it would have been a little bit better than how it already came out. What do you mean? If I would have been a part of something, sometimes I feel like it would have been a little bit better than it already came out. So. Okay. Uh, when you said it the second time, I got it right. Okay. Okay. So with that being said, sometimes I kind of feel like you can't help how other people are going to see you. You, right. got, you can't help what other people are going to think and you're not going to help, you know, how they move. And because I know this decision was a political decision and they were like oh we saw this person do something similar or we saw this person you know do this before and this person has this experience I understand that they they have overthought they knew they wanted me they came to me and then somewhere somehow someone got excuse me into their head and they started to second guess and they started to overthink Jedi mind tricks. that overthinking is their loss it's, I don't know how not to, I know in my, in my mind, me compared to other people that were on that lineup, mm -hmm. I was the best fit for that. And that project is going to be very good. Very good. I know, I, I know how much better it would have been if I was a part of it. And me knowing that, it's not a loss for me. That's got to give you something. It's it not a loss for me in the sense of, oh, they don't see me as good enough for this role. And if it's not a loss in that sense, then it's not really a rejection. They're not really rejecting me. They're not really saying you're not good enough for this. They're saying this makes more sense for us at this time. And I can I can respect that. I can respect it, I understand it, and that makes it your problem. And now that it's your problem, it's for us. And so I say that to say, if anyone's gonna pursue it, if you go in with that mentality, then you understand that like, you're getting better even while you're you're being rejected and it's their loss every single time. And also if you guys wanna pursue acting, Andre is giving acting classes. No, I'm not. <laughs> Monday through Friday, three to five. Free of charge. Don't let him get you caught free of charge. What's going on? Anybody wow. dating anybody? Any we living free life? I'm Enjoying free life? Baby. You did just say that. I'm always free. Enjoy baby. That's it. Mental freedom. Is it, feel, is, it a little, is it a little harder to date doing what you do or you don't care? Yeah. You, you can balance that. No, it's very hard. It's hard. It's not that it's hard for me per se. Um, people just come with their own, people come with their own experiences. Oh, And their experience affects, you know, how they they deal with you, how they, mm. they think of you. And I'm in a new phase of my life where I'm just not explaining myself to people. That's. And that's something that's, um. It's always been who I am, but at one point, I know how to make things work. I know what I can, I know what's missing sometimes. And once I have the understanding, I, I feel like God and I feel like the universe really communicate well with me and within me. And I'm always able to, to say, hmm, this is, this is, this is affecting you. This is how you're feeling it for whatever reason you're not voicing it. So I'm used to being confident enough to say let's talk about this issue what's your sign and then someone says someone says oh what issue and i'm like so this is not an issue this is not an issue you didn't feel the way about this you didn't feel the way about this and then they go 
And sometimes they try to be like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. And, but eventually, it almost always comes out like... She was exactly right. And then they come back, come back and they say that, or they say it right then and there. And then I'm like, okay, well, let me clear this. Let me clear that. Let's talk about this. Let's go there. And then after that, there's a lot of openness now. And now this person feels like, oh, I can talk to you. Oh, you do understand. Oh, that was respectful. Oh, that is some logic. Oh, this is this, that, and that, and third. And then it's just like... We have a great relationship, but then I also find that people expect you to always have to be that person. And now, or they expect you to always come to them with the same level of concern. So it's like, you cared so much before, why don't you care just as much right now? And it's just like, I don't like to be redundant, I don't like to feel stagnant, I don't like to feel like I'm not being progressive. And if I have to keep coming to the same thing with the same energy every time myself, that's going to be an issue. And I say that to say that people have their own experiences, they have their own things that have tormented them. And sometimes they want to be open, they want to be vulnerable, but they still have to fill you out and you, they have to get to know you. And they put up this barrier and that barrier is completely like fine and understanding. But at some point you want to like say, hey, you don't have to be like this anymore. Like it's been three months now and we need to continue progressing otherwise we're going to just didn't pass it. But I don't always want to do that. Mm-hmm. Now I'm at a point where, like, <sighs> we grown. That's it. We got to a certain point in our lives where we don't have to do this. And I just don't want to do it anymore. And I just feel like because I know how I am, I, because I know how the universe is operating with me right now in this very given moment, I'm not worried that if you're not the person for me and I'm not doing this, it's going to still work. If it's not working, then you're not the person for me. That's and that's how I feel right now. Right thing. now, I just feel like that. I feel Some like my husband... Now. You gonna come. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, anything upcoming that we need not to look to forward? say that I'm looking for a husband. Mm-hmm. That I do not want that. Thank you for clearing that up. I might have um, got a bunch not, of comments and stuff I'm not because looking of you for a husband. There. I'm not looking for a man. I'm not looking for a date or a good time. Shorty is so content right now with everything that she has going on. <laughs> you know she's emphasizing those All right? things. I'm very content with everything <laughs> that I have currently on my plate. And I'm so grateful for everything. Okay? So you're I'm saying just saying, if by chance... They want to be friends. No, something, <laughs> something is not working out currently. I'm not going to be mentally focused on it because I believe it will work itself out or something even better may possibly could be, I don't know, arrive and I would be open to it I'm just open to new experiences any upcoming events any events, see you got me all over any upcoming projects, anything we need to look for. I got a restaurant Where's the restaurant? Let it's in Pennsylvania. Know. Let them know. Norristown, 1729 Markley Street, Norris, Pennsylvania. Okay. All right? Oh. That's 19401. It's a zip code. We're selling Jamaican, American Jeez, cuisine. Give me my oxtail. Like Two oxtail floors. Right, We're so open that. from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Um, I'm having an official grand opening. I'm hoping either January or February. I'm trying to get something up for it. But... Get some food. Shout out to the chef, um, Jay Strong. He's always there in the kitchen cooking up, excuse me, something great. So stop by, say hi. Um, We're going to get this whole CBD oil in our smoothies now. So if you need a relaxation going on, some aches and pains. I got you. We're doing a lot. I'm doing a lot. I'm trying to do a lot. I might have to take a trip. What's going on? Get a gal some respect in our shop. You all right? Um... 
I forgot what I was about to. It's and called PKs and Company. You can go PKs follow that. PKs and Company. Yeah. Tell every tell everybody where to find you at. Instagram. Oh, you don't. Okay. Mm. Well, if y'all don't know, no, I want you guys know her everybody name, know who her she full is. Name, so you They'll find Google you. Google her. <laughs> we gonna, no, I'm not lost. I don't want to be found. Nah, that's true. <laughs> well, this is Andrea Rochelle. Thank you Thank for was joining. Was this a good interview? I had a lot. Yeah. Very entertaining. It was, was, it was, uh, it? was very it was, good insight. It was. It was insight. Especially because I got to look my interviewer in the eye, and you, oh you know, my God. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> Yo, speaking of eyes, like this dog. <laughs> I know everything goes back to the dog. Like she's. Ugh, she like, came in here talking called, about the dog. Yes, like, came for like, It's a rescue. She her paw something happened to her paw. The paw is dirty now. So she slapped me right in my eye. Mm-hmm. My eye I've been itching all last two careful. days, and it's like huge. Right, I think like my eye is like, um, what's it called? Having an allergic reaction yeah, or something, and that happens every that. two weeks because of her. Like something's always getting stuck in her paw. Like she's just so hard. <sighs> We gonna be, we gonna be. We open could, the I told you, I told you that my whole life. I was like, look, I was on a lease. I had to get kicked out, and then I got a new dog, and I rescued that baby. And then they tried to perf, and I had to fight and fight to get her back. You know, we talked about my whole life, guys. So. See, she gave us a nice description <laughs> of everything that was. She's got it done packed. Thank you again. We gonna close. Both sides with DJ Honey, Andrea, Rochelle. Thank you thank again you for, your Bye, for your time. Thank you for having me. It's been awesome. Size, ladies and gentlemen, with DJ and Honey. Now, this is our first time um, having couples therapy with guests, and I would like to introduce uh, Mr. Jason and Nadine Ricketts. Hi, hey, hey, hello, what's going on? Thanks for coming on. Now, you guys tell the audience um, a little bit about yourselves. Um, Nadine, Jason, where you guys from? How you guys met? Uh, what do you guys do for a living? Okay, well, I guess I'll start. Um, I'm Nadine. I'm wifey. Um, from Brooklyn, born and raised. We both are actually born and raised in Brooklyn, East Flatbush area. Brooklyn in the house. <laughs> All right. And um, we met back in 2009 at a barbecue where we where I was there with some friends and we met that night. Um, sparks were flying for him. <laughs> And then um, we ended up getting together like a couple years later. And then um, three, uh, two years later, we got married. Beautiful story. Jason? Two years later. Three years later. No, it was, it was three years three later. Three years later. <laughs> All right. Jason, living, well, from Brooklyn, as my wife mentioned, East Flatbush, you know, representing Jamaica. You know, oh but now, sides, of course, you know, you, you got to bring that up. You know, yes. you know, that has to be mentioned. Well, I'm Haitian, and, proud, proud Haitian. Yeah. <laughs> so like my wife mentioned, we met at a mutual friend's uh, barbecue, actually. And yeah, the year was right. It was about 2009 that we met. Uh, we stayed in touch 
three years later, we then became official. We started dating. And I would say three years after that, we then got married, which was what? Yeah, 2015. Yeah. 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 We've been married for three years now. Yeah. Three years. And you yeah. have a, a beautiful baby girl now. Yes. Yeah, she was born September 2017. Uh, she w- and her name is Bijou. And the interesting thing about her is that, so she was born. Her birthday is September 1st. My wife's birthday is September 15th, which is two weeks after afterwards. And then after that, I'm um, September 22nd, exactly one week after my wife. Oh, so y'all got Triple the big month, September, big bashment month. September is a hot mess. I mean. <laughs> It's considering that we definitely went all out for her first birthday, which I was told you kind of have to do. And my wife's birthday followed after that. Yeah, as much as September is my favorite month, kind of not looking forward to September's, if you know what I mean. I'm sorry, real quick, as a heads up, September's not going to be so fun when the school shopping and all of that. Yeah, I know. Exactly, like back to school shopping, you know, clothes shopping. Sooner or later, it'll be, Daddy, can I have X amount of dollars to go pick up this or pick up that? I need it for school. <laughs> We're going to have to clump everything together, her birthday and school shopping. That's all, you know. Do you want we, didn't think this, we did not think this through. <laughs> no, I was going to ask that it, question. It never was goes this, like, technically planned to actually happen? This no, but it never happened. <laughs> you you planned it. It always happened the way it's supposed to. Yeah, I mean, we didn't we didn't really plan for September. It's just that we had said we were going to take a year off after we got married, you know, and then a year after we got married, we we're going to start trying. And so a year we got married in October. So, you know, a year. two months later, two months later, you know, it happened. So um, it, it just kind of happened to fall on in the December and then she's born in, in September. So it wasn't really planned for her to be born in September, but you know, we were definitely thrilled when we found out that her, her due date was in September. <laughs> Ooh, so yeah. just to inform the audience, we are today going to talk about couples therapy, the balance of new parenthood and being married and all those things that come with it. So you guys are still basically newlyweds, still new in the game. Yeah. And you guys are, are new at the parenthood game. How's that all balancing out for you guys? Like who's who's dropping? The baby off who's who's you know picking her up who's you know how's that going how's the balancing going well um for us you know i'm i'm a physician um and i work in jersey and i have very crazy hours jason commutes in the city he works as a paralegal and legal assistant and office manager in um in the city so you know we work a lot um, and we just were not really keen on doing um, uh, daycare so early on. So we actually ended up getting a live-in nanny and um, thank God that has worked out beautifully because she blended wonderfully into the household. And she's amazing, amazing with Bijou. Like she's just like been a great addition to our, our situation and kind of made things, made the transition of parenthood you know, she came in when she was about five months old. So we had already had our little groove going, mm-hmm. but she definitely, you know, it, it helped it, that, that, that's, that's been a big help for us. And to piggyback on what my wife was saying, one of the big things and one of the most important things also is that Bijou takes well to her. Yeah. So, because you would hate to be in a situation where 
your daughter, your son, you know, as a child does not take well to the nanny, but she takes well to the nanny so great like they have a great relationship it's so is, can yeah, we say they that have, they have, yeah, yeah. They, do. they have like yeah. their own little bond they have their own little language it's, it's really cute when she goes away for like the weekends and she comes back like you can just see how happy like bijou gets and you know she bijou, bijou is just one of those like kids she's like she's very um affectionate and loving and all of that but she's been really really wonderful with her and you know we've been very lucky how does the shopping around for, especially when you were entrusting somebody else with your newborn per se, like how does, how does that process work where you could be a foot comfortable and say she's the one or he's the one to take care of, you know, your child, your precious, your precious treasures. How, how do you go about doing that? Well, for us, it was, it was definitely a trial period. So, and what I mean by that is we would start, you know, with, I guess, baby steps, so to speak. So let's say, for example, I would, we would go to the cleaners, you know, which isn't too far from where we live. And then from there, you know, the supermarket, you know, just little places to test out, leaving the nanny and the baby home alone, just the two of them. And then once we would get the feedback, then we'd say, okay, then we can go to this place. You know, maybe we can do, we can do a date night here. We can do this, we can do that. So did it in different times and different durations of time, I'm guessing. Exactly. And, and definitely the selection, the selection was for me based on, I didn't want to do anything that was like online. I, I really wanted to get uh, a reference. So I, I was lucky enough, uh, my sister's friend, you know, kind of gave me a referral and had spoken very highly of her. And that week, the same week that she told me about her, we interviewed about four nannies all together. And they all came like within like a day or two of each other. And she like, you know, we just knew, we just knew, like, you just know, Yeah. we just knew that she was the right one. And like I said, we had about three other nannies and they were all from different walks of life and different experience levels. They were all older women. Cause we wanted, you know, someone who was, you know, very experienced. Um, and, uh, ain't nobody, and not trying to have no young men living in my house, right. you know, so, <laughs> that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we just knew, we just knew that she was a, uh, she was a good, uh, a good candidate and then I we did watch her we had surveillance inside the house I would watch her all the time at work um you know probably for a couple of months and then it just right. you know you just you, you just know as a parent you just know right. when your child is being well taken care of um and it just worked out I got it so I got a two-part question so do you guys have like family living close by to help you guys out with the baby from here in time like here and there um, no, all, all our family's in Brooklyn, so for so for us, uh, it's just us out here, you know, where we live. So, but family do come over, you know, they want to see the baby. So, yeah, we do have family come over time to time. Yeah, I mean, it's just more of like spending time with Bijou, not necessarily childcare, you know. Right. Um, so... You know, and, and then also she's blended well with our family. You know, my sister loves her. My mom loves her. Like, everyone knows her well now and just, you know, has a sense of comfort with her. Everybody has seen the way that she's interacted with Bijou as well, so. Okay, so so you guys, this is the second part of the question. This is when the hot stuff comes in. So, honey, she has been having some baby fever recently. Ooh. Yeah, and... um. The reason, so the reason I'm talking is like, you guys gonna give us a little therapy now. The reason I'm asking this is because when I had my son, um, I didn't have a lot of 
time, like one-on-one time with my son's mom. So it wasn't like, we weren't like best friends, you know, that connection never really, you know, clicked. So the reason I'm asking you guys is because you guys, you know, got married and then, you know, you guys had your first the very next year or, you know, how is that like transition for you guys? Are you guys still having time? Is there family that helps, you know, because I'm trying, I'll be trying to explain to her, like, look, let's, if this is what we're going to do and if you're getting baby fever and this is what you want, we need to be going on as much vacations and doing as much as this and that as possible before we start to lock it down because finding help and all of that stuff when you have a baby is very difficult. Right, right. Well, um, I think before we had her, we did get to travel and do a lot of things together. So I personally don't feel like I missed out on anything in terms of that. But my other thing too, with regards to your question is having a child doesn't mean that the world stops. We went on vacation um, to Barbados just this past July and it was just he and I. Okay. Um, you know, you have to still keep some, you know, some some parts of yourself. You can't just get lost in becoming a parent. You still have to build, still, you know, make sure that you're happy and your relationship is, is thriving. So we still travel and we still plan to do traveling um, alone and also as a family because we recognize how important it is for us to have quality time because every time we have quality time it enriches our relationship a little bit better we get along so much nicer and we you know we we, we tend to you know agree more on more things you know so when you have that quality time where it's just the two of you i think it actually helps to you know bring everyone together and it also helps for the child too because i don't feel like a child will be happy unless their parents are happy that's true and i think maybe i'm just scared i don't know <laughs> don't be scared you can still go on vacation date nights we go on date nights all the time we do that we do that now and stuff like that i feel like we built a nice portfolio of fun where we can yeah. you know i do want to have you know wedding and i want to do all of that stuff and then yeah. have our child and stuff like that but honey she putting a stamp on it she's not she's like look is what this we is, discussed it was a we discussed like in, in particular we're not planning for it whatever if it happens it happens anytime right. the thing was like we discussed a certain time and you know now he's like one of those like oh well you know can we just like push it back a little longer and i'm like okay how much long is that because so that's we my have, thing well see this the i thing. don't mind we have, like like if we, it happens we I'm already got like three vacations like, no. planned for next year so i'm just like oh wow what I'm saying. I will say if you have a if you have a baby, that's good, especially the first year because the babies can't do much. That's, you know what I mean? That's well, that's yeah. the first day because we've been able to do. I haven't really been well since my son has been around two. I've been going a lot more places than I did, you know, from when he was first born, of course. So I know the older your child gets, the more you're more comfortable leaving. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But you know, I just wanted to build a little bit, put a little bit more in the portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> no, I understand because there was certain times where I definitely felt that way. I definitely felt that we had to experience certain things before, you know, we could have a child. But, you know, again, just like spending time with one another, it then it just kind of, I wouldn't say was thrown out the window. It was just kind of more for me, like, I didn't think about those things as much as one would suspect. And then it just became to a point where, okay, we're doing all this together and we're experiencing this together. And this is just making it the experience so much fun. So I understand what you're saying, but it really doesn't have to be that way. Where you guys can still have fun and still, I guess, 
what plan to have a child yeah, yeah. i mean we, we go on date nights all the time like we we do stuff together we go bowling like we do like little like go to arcade the stuff that we en- always enjoyed doing together before the baby are still the things that we enjoy doing after the baby right. but it's just you have to make that you have to you have to mentally mentally say to yourself okay this is just for us and then because you, you spend your whole day like 24 hours a day thinking about the baby and thinking about you know taking care of the child and all of that so yeah, you really that's have true. to you know mentally say to yourself okay let's break away and let, let's just focus on each other and i think that that's very it's it's something it's very doable it's just you just got both have to be on the same page about it well i thank you guys for the therapy and advice <laughs> because 2019 was coming i'm just like oh man how am i going off this so that was encouraging oh, to hear from the the sorry, vets God. in the room her ovaries are doing flip-flops now she's ready (laughs) i mean we're not rookies but i wouldn't say we're vets just yet we're still learning we're still learning every day we're still learning you know i mean that's that's all it's about you you gotta forget what you did uh yesterday and become better the next day as parents that's all exactly that's true exactly i mean we've all have parents and we remember how our parents, you know, raised us. Not if it was bad or good, but we always try to take make them. it. Yeah, we always try to take the blueprint and, and, and advance it in some way when we actually get our children. Right, and then I also think that our, our parents, you know, they're from the old school. Oh, definitely. Way, like their their mentality Caribbean. and their West Indian. Yeah, their, their mentality about children is like all in. Like they don't. <laughs> think about going on vacations nope. and doing things for themselves going to the spa or, or doing you know a, a night out with the boys like they're just so focused especially the moms they're so focused on their kids yeah. and as a result as you get older like it takes it takes you longer to realize that your parents are not just your parents they're actually people yeah it took me a long time I was like wait my mom is actually a, like she actually has her <laughs> own stuff going on he has his own stuff my dad has his own stuff going on so yeah i would definitely agree with what my wife just said because i remember when i was younger and my mom was going out and i would say wait a minute it's 10 o'clock 10 30 now of course when i'm younger <laughs> when i'm younger you know for me that was bedtime right so but i'm looking at i'm looking at the time and i'm saying wait she's not home i'm getting concerned but <laughs> i have to remember of course that you know she had a life but i didn't understand that at that time yeah and then your baby girl is going to go through the same thing soon. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. <laughs> and then I'm going to say, you're still not going. Right. No vibes out. We want to thank you guys for your time it's today. It's such a pleasure, really. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. We're really honored to oh, be yeah, thanks a lot. as yeah. a guest on your show. No problem. Awesome. Thank you. Maybe we could do this again sometime down the line when um yeah. when we join the club and... um. <laughs> We'd love to have you. We'd love to have you into the club. <laughs> I link up time down the line. I know the year is the rest of the year is short, but um 2019 we gotta link up, definitely. Yes, Thank absolutely. That up, man. You got yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, I could do that because y'all not too far from where we are. So that's true. Yeah, definitely could do that. All right. So you guys take care. Thank you so much. Boom. Thank you. All right. All right. Both sides, ladies and gentlemen, with DJ and honey. We'll be right back after these messages. And you hate me, that's a game for fools. Good evening again, ladies and gentlemen. Come join us at Couples Therapy. Any couple, we welcome. 
If you guys want to just talk about anything going on in your lives, everyday lives, want to talk about something going on in the house or something like that, maybe we can relate. Maybe we can help settle your differences. Hit us up on our Instagram, both underscore size DJRS, or hit us up on our Gmail, both size DJRS at gmail.com. everybody with dj and honey we are back closing down the show thank you guys i know this week was a different weekend um but we enjoyed all our guests and thank you all for coming on the show andrea rachel and uh, mr and mrs ricketts for couples therapy and just a reminder this will be the second to last episode so we come back with the new year with new stuff new content for you guys to listen for you guys to love and all that good stuff guys this is um not the end, but we'll be back January 4th. Gonna take a little holiday break along with you guys. Um, again, we just wanna thank everybody. I also want everybody to check out our Instagram, that Jasmine Headley video is not a pretty video, but it needs to be acknowledged, repost, do whatever you have to do, spread some light on that, because it's, um, it's a shame. It needs to change. So you need to change their tactics and the way they treat people, especially when they ask for help from other people. It's quite sad. Yeah, so, um, you guys check that out. It's a busy weekend for us as we come to a close in the season. Next week will be our last episode, as Honey was saying, for the year. And we'll be back for the second half of our season. We thank you guys again for listening. Thank you to all our guests. Thank you guys for being supportive, all the reposts, all of those comments, all that feedback mm-hmm. you guys keep bringing us. So again, this is both sides with DJ and Honey. We're going to bring this to a close. You guys have a great weekend. Stay blessed, people. As always. Hey, you guys. We would like to give thanks to the various artists who contribute to all our episodes. 